0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Red Oaks Baptist Church Home Edition. I get to work from home today because I'm essential personnel, so I have to work every day anyway, so I am not quarantined at home. Um, So this sermon will be shorter than what I had planned, only because I just kind of knocked off most of the verses. So we're only going to concentrate on Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, and I titled this The Path to the Kingdom. So what I'm gonna to do today is I'm reto- we're doing this on Facebook live. I'm also recording it over here on my other computer so that video will be most of my side of my head I guess or part of it. but I will post that on the website as well our actual church website red Oaks baptist I'm also recording the audio to put on our normal uh, audio podcast <clears throat> so that way there are three different ways you can see this uh, if you're if you don't have Facebook or if you're just getting. Uh, just getting to the website or just using the podcast, that way you can see things. So I posted a few songs on the Facebook page, just like I did last week, uh, to kind of get you ready to go or so for uh, just some uplifting music, just a couple, couple videos. Um, obviously, YouTube has a bunch of other ones. So this may seem odd to us as far as doing this. This is the second week we've done Facebook Live, uh, just exclusively because of, of course, the the coronavirus quarantine. So the church has met in houses, especially the first few centuries in the Book of Acts. There are at least 10 or 15 places in there where it talks about the people meeting at home. Paul, in his letters, also said people are meeting in their houses. So this isn't really 100% um, odd. It is... Also in, in history, there's other been time, there's been other times like um, the, the plague and some other things. So Richard Baxter, who's a Puritan, said this about suspending or holding services in a different way than normally. He says, if the magistrate for a greater good as the common safety forbid church assemblies in a time of pestilence, assault of enemies, or fire, or the like necessity, it is a duty to obey them. Right. So we are obeying the magistrate, essentially, um, saying, hey, we understand this. This coronavirus can be hopefully quelled or at least knocked down to not get a lot of people sick all at once. So we are doing our due diligence in listening and obeying um, our elected officials, essentially, right? So while, again, it may seem odd to us, this is one of the things that hasn't happened in our lifetime, I don't think, usually. um, But is not uncommon for us, right? So I'm going to open up with a psalm. Uh, It is Psalm um, 25, and I have had this on my computer, so um, if it comes up here. So Psalm 25, verses 4 through 6, and then we'll do a little more of the introduction and everything else and uh, get into the sermon. So this is what uh, the psalmist says. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, for I will wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. For they have been from of old. Right. So let's So So let's talk about the pathways and and this the Psalmist wants to know God's path for him. And so we have the same thing, right? So Jesus is talking about the Sermon on the Mount. He's given them a bunch of instructions. And so he's getting them to the end of this this sermon here. He's coming towards the end. The verses thirteen to the end of the chapter are basically the the closing, maybe the conclusion, and the kind of a, the call to to uh, for people to come and kind of make a decision, right? So if we're planning a vacation, right? So one of the first things we do is we pick where we want to go, right? We, we want to go to Los Angeles to go see Hollywood or the Homes of the Stars. We want to go to Yosemite to, uh, to go camping in the Sierras, or maybe if you're on the East Coast, you want to go to Myrtle Beach to be near the ocean. And so you open up that map book, right? We know... Back for those of us who are old enough to know we have maps and we didn't just go to Google Maps. We we actually have a book of maps. We look at it and we see where we want to go. and We see where we're at and we find the roads that will get us there. Many times it's the quickest route. right? We kind of find the freeway. Uh, unless you want to go in a roundabout way to find some other things. Um, because that's sometimes fun, right? You get to pick uh, things along the highway the biggest ball of twine somewhere or Go see the giant Paul Bunyan that Bay the Blue Walks if you're going up north on, on Highway 101 up through Klamath, California. You can stop there. Um, right, wherever you want to go, if you're willing to travel there, you can get there. <clears throat> Some places have multiple routes in, like L.A., Atlanta, obviously the bigger cities where they converge. There's lots and lots of highways you can get to there. Other places, there's only one or two roads, and you're forced to take a small, windy mountain road to get up there. And that may not be appealing to everybody. When we moved here, we had the big moving truck. Um, I did not want to go through LA with the moving truck. So I chose to, we chose to go up through Bakersfield and hook over to get on the 101 um, because it was a little bit easier for us using the moving truck. And so it's the same way with getting into heaven. Some places there's only one way in and one way out. Um, And God is making this clear that there's only going to be two outcomes. There's going to be you go to heaven or you can go to hell and this sounds um kind of maybe dismal or or d- doom and gloom a little bit for this one but with this part of the sermon Jesus wants to make clear that this is where everybody's going because we all know um it, at the end our our lives will end at some point right so we're going to go ahead and read I'm just going to read verses uh Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 through 14 and then we're going to get into the sermon. I only have one point. There's only, there's only one point for this. It's a little easier to do. Um, like I said, I kind of changed it halfway through. But this is what Jesus says towards the end. Of he, he's starting his conclusion of his sermon, essentially. He says, enter through the narrow gate, in verse 13. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. There are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. So let's pray real quick, and then we will get into the main point. Your Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity. Even though we are separated, uh, we are all in our own homes. We can still worship you together as a body. We can come together, even uh, virtually and online. Um, and we can pray for each other. We can pray for our health. We can pray for the health of our, our nation, our leaders, um, the health care workers, the police, the people who have to be out on the front lines with this. That uh, aren't allowed to be quarantined, um, and we pray for those who are sick. We pray for healing, and we uh, pray for this word to illuminate us and help us tell people about you, God, and tell them what you've done for our us and our lives, and in this, especially in this time of of, of calamity and uncertainty, that we can be the rock for people because we have confidence and hope in you, God, that we know that everything is under your authority. Everything has been written out under your authorship as well. And it's all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's the main point. What I'm going to do, too, is I will post the actual manuscript uh, on here. So since I don't have slides today, um, and can't put them on Facebook or anything. I will post the manuscript. So if you guys miss something, you guys can read the sermon actually as well. Um, And it will catch most of it. I may ad-lib some things, but it'll be the bulk of it you can get. So here's the main point today is that Jesus prepares your heart, your mind, and your body for the journey ahead in this life and the next one, right? He is preparing us along this way, and he is wanting us to understand what this means to be a disciple of Jesus, right? So he hasn't; he's sort of starting his public ministry at this point, and so he wants people to understand and kind of reset the Jewish people as well. To say, look, this is really what it means. This is what everybody signed up for when they say that they're 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 Jewish, and for us now as Christians, this is what it means to be a Christian. And so I only have one point really for this part: is that God's kingdom is at the end of the narrow road. And so, excuse me. So if preachers take a lesson, right? As a preacher, you want to have people have this call that people to respond at the end of sermons a lot of times. So we do this to try to get people because hopefully the holy spirit is working in people during the sermon and they they want to actually respond. So if we can give this if I just give this information to people and they don't know what to do with it next, the information may just get tossed off to the side just like anything we learn in in, in school, right? We all say, "Well, what do I need this for?" I don't I don't know. I don't need to ever calculate an angle of a triangle or anything of the sort. I don't need to know civil war dates or anything else. It doesn't apply to my life directly. So it's good information, but I don't need it, right? So Jesus is saying, look, this is why you need this information. There has to be this decision point for people, right? And the teacher, Jesus is teaching, I'm teaching, other preachers are teaching the same thing, right? That we present the information and we place the here's what you do with this next squarely in the lap of the here, right? I can't save people. I can't drag them up to the baptismal, get them baptized. Um, The audience should be listening to the information to think, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? What is he going on about for however long? And what do I need to do? How does this make my life any different? And so again, the question really becomes, how does this apply to my life? Right, so Jesus is doing this in a masterful way, and as he brings his sermon to a close, he's given the crowd a lot to think about. Right, How the disciple conducts himself or herself in private, right? we talked about that, and then he goes on to how we conduct ourselves in public, how we deal with each other, uh, people who are disciples of what, along with us and also people who are not saved, um, and how they pray, why to pray, how to pray, when to pray. Right? and how you make more disciples. right? All these things are in the Sermon on the Mount. He's creating this idea. He's teaching these main ideas of, to people so they can do this. Right? And so like this road we talked about, right? the destination is really the point. So Jesus wants his people to understand that the road does not go on forever. Right? This road on this earth is not going on forever. Right? It stops eventually. Because like a vacation time, we go and we get to the vacation spot. We stay and we come home. We get to our destination, and so really, when, when at the end of our lives, we get to this destination. And so, here's what Jesus is really telling them, though: He's saying, "Look, there are two roads to pick from: the easy way or the hard way, the narrow way or the broad way." And so, the crowd may be thinking, "This is first century Israel. My road is always hard. I have, it's a chore just to get up and walk to where I'm going. It's, I'm hungry. I'm poor." I can't go to anywhere but work, and I do that for not a whole lot of money. I'm not getting paid a lot. I barely have enough to eat and survive for my family and the Romans control everything I do, and part of my money goes right back into the Roman Empire all right and so they're like, what are you talking about this is this is my life's already hard, but he's talking about things how we live and how we choose to do things. so the Broadway really is like the freeway or interstate all right it's nice, it's open lots of lanes it's relatively straight if you've been on some highways like interstate 40 it's so straight across uh, parts of new mexico and arizona you can actually let go the steering wheel i don't recommend this obviously but you can let go the steering wheel and your car will go straight without any help from you it just goes straight Um, there's lots of rest stops places to pull over get something to eat whatever you want to do right the drive is easy and it usually goes by pretty quickly now sometimes it's just boring but it's convenient, it's comfortable. And a lot of people are a lot of times going in the same general direction, right? They're all going to LA, they're all going to Myrtle Beach, they're all going to Atlanta, wherever it is they're going to because that's a, a hotspot premium destination for people. And you feel happy and you feel comfortable because you're surrounded by other people. Uh, you're not alone, right? So if, if, if they're lost, you're just as lost as they are, and you're just going to follow people because everybody else is doing it, well, they must be going to the same place we are, so we can kind of follow them along. It's an easy drive. There's not much of a challenge. You can stop and go, eat wherever you want to, right? So, other than the speed limit and the rest of the DMV code book, there's not a lot of rules. And so, the DMV's code book is is sort of like the societal rules, right? What people think are the morals and what they determine to be as a good person. Well, I I drive the speed limit. I follow all the rules in the code book. So, therefore, I'm I'm a good person. I'm, not a, I'm a good driver. I'm not a bad driver. I'm not the one causing havoc, right? As long as I don't speed too much or I, don't, I drive the flow of traffic, I am a good driver, right? Same thing if I don't kill anybody, if I don't steal from anybody or rob anybody, I'm a quote-unquote good person. But there's so much more to that than being a follower of Jesus. Because other places are a lot more remote, a lot more out of the way, right? If you drive up the 101 all the way up north uh, going towards um crescent city in oregon we drove this last year or earlier this year um, you go up towards towards the uh, klamath and the end of the thing you're going through the redwood forest uh, you have to know the way you have to make sure that you know because there's no only one way in or out uh, a lot of times the road is two lanes and so there are certain turns and corners on that road that are literally going around redwood trees yeah they're the smaller ones but you smack into one of those with your car, you're going to know it, and you're going to block traffic and everything else, right? And the worst yet, though, is some of those other places that you could go off into a ravine or a river because there's not a, lot of, there's not a lot of room to navigate. There's not a lot of room to go, so you have to be very careful, right? There's other similar roads in Pennsylvania, Georgia, anywhere. Every state has a lot of these roads, especially if you have mountains, right? This drive takes more effort. You have to pay attention, you have to plan where to stop. You have to know when the stop is coming up. You have to pay attention, right? There's less traffic on the road because you, you can't handle the number of people because they know there's not a lot of people going up this road, right? But if you've ever seen the redwoods up close, you know that these trees are more magnificent than any famous person or any theme park you could go or anything that man has built, right? And so Jesus is getting at it. And so here we're coming to the application point. Uh, already because it's pretty self-explanatory but here's there there's four application points wait three application points sorry there's three application points uh for this today that we have so first off there are only two choices right choice one the broad and easy way right and that gate leads to destruction or choice number two is the narrow more difficult road with a narrow gate that leads to life and so this echoes the book of Deuteronomy where God lays out the law again before the Israelites go into the promised land. So in chapter 30, verse 19, God says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Now listen, he gives, he gives you the answer of which one he wants you to choose, right? He says, choose life, therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live. And so one commentator says this about that verse. He says, only in making and abiding by the right decision would the Israelites find God's true purpose. And so God gives us the answer. He wants us to choose this life. He wants us to choose him. But he's also preparing us for the second part of this application is that the, the narrow road is difficult. Right? The narrow road is difficult. Not everyone will be on this road. Uh, the road is not smooth. It is not necessarily popular. Maybe they think, well, my car won't make it, right? We, you don't go four wheeling in your in your Cadillac because you know it's not going to make it necessarily unless you have the SUV version, right? <clears throat> so this road, when they talk about wide and narrow and, and difficult, right? The wide can refer to the versus uh, the majority versus the minority, excuse me, but also to the relative levels of difficult or ease. And so narrow may refer not only to the majority of verses, the narrow, or excuse me, in, so the narrow in verse 14 comes from the from the Greek verb philebo, meaning to experience trouble or difficulty, while broad, the word used in verse 13, can have overtones of prosperous, right? It's, the words he's using isn't just meaning it's easy and difficult or it's it's, you know, the, the road is t- 20 feet wide versus the narrow road is a small footpath, right? Really what he's saying is, look, there's going to be trouble and difficulty that you're going to experience as a Christian. There's going to be times in your life where you may question and say, what am I doing, doing this? Why is it worth it when I'm doing something that God is asking me to do when it just seems like it defies logic or it defies society and their rules? When over here, I can go over there and be prosperous. I can have an easy life. It's an easy stroll. You know, the term easy street comes to mind, right? But God is preparing us for this. And so he's kind of using a Proverbs 22, verse 6 approach where he's saying, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it, right? So this is important because we are God's children. If we are saved, we are God's children. And so he is training us up in the way that we should go. He is explaining your life is going to be difficult at points. Your life is not going to be easy. It may not be prosperous. You may not get rich doing this. But that's not the important part. The important part is you're walking this narrow road that leads me, that leads you to me. That leads you, the human being, to me, the God. And so it becomes a little more... In our court, right? We understand this. We have this knowledge, right? We're getting this teaching, then so we have to apply it. So we have a, a pious, godly life. And, and we're going to make mistakes. We're going to slip up, but we know that. Um, we know that we can do everything we can, and God has given us this grace through His death, through the death of the son, His Son Jesus Christ, that we that takes up and 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 kind of absorbs everything that we've done wrong in our lives. Because we are here walking this path. And there's a lot of rocks on this path, and we're going to stumble. Right? So Psalm 116, verse 11 says, Though you make known to me the path of life, in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Right. So even though God is saying this is going to be a difficult path, we can have hope and joy in him, right? Because He, His presence in our lives is that fullness of joy. Right. We can have pleasure from him and the things that he gives us. Even though the road may seem dark and full of trees and rocks and everything else, we know that we are following him. In Deuteronomy, back to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, uh, he tells the people, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread for the, of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you, forsake you. So even when we feel like we're walking down this road alone um, he is always there with us he is there he puts people on our path there to make sure that we are not alone Uh, because if you've ever been down a dark country road at night when you don't know where you're going it's very intimidating it's very scary Um, and so we know we can put our hope and trust in him that he is there with us because again, that road is not full of people, right? So this is the third application point, is that the narrow, the narrow road is not taken by everyone. Right, so the Marines' motto is the few and the proud. So not, even, not everyone goes to boot camp, makes it to graduation day. And the Marine, leadership's, the Marine leadership knows that, and they're okay with that, right? They don't change the, the toughness or the difficulty level of boot camp just to get more people in the Marines, They are totally fine. Oh, sorry, my phone just fell. They are totally fine with whoever is going to make it into the Marine Corps or not. I'm having technical difficulties here with my setup here. There we go. Maybe a little off right now, but it's fine. So the Marines do not change their difficulty level for what is going on with their boot camp, right? So a lot of people don't even go to the recruiter's office because they have heard about the Marines. And it's the same thing with Christianity. People have misconceptions or bad experience with the church, so they don't want anything to do with being a Christian. And so it's not for everyone. It's not um, pleasant. It's not, it's not important enough for them to give up things in their lives to take to go from this easy road to this difficult road this this road that may be filled with a little more trials or tribulations because now you're you're doing something your family is not doing you're doing something your friends aren't doing uh you may be made fun of you may there may be a host of problems with becoming a christian the data just don't want to deal with not everybody is called not everybody even make and makes that decision to do this to become a christian and so this leads us to verse 22 also when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7 verse 22 when Jesus says many will say to me lord lord we worked for you but Jesus says i never knew you depart from me right he's saying look even though you guys said you were walking this road you guys really were looking for the easiest route possible on the difficult road even or at least you were maybe you were pretending and we're going to talk more about that next week uh, the hypocrites and the, pro- the 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 prophets the false prophets who are saying certain things to people, um, but this is a hard pill to swallow when you think about it, right? He's saying, "Look, I know you said you you dedicated my life, to your life to me, but I don't see it happening." And so he's saying, "I really know that in your heart, I because because he knows our heart. He knows that we, some people don't actually want to be a Christian, but they only want to do it in their name only, right?" So Jeremiah six verse 16 explains what this is not a new problem so he records jeremiah records in his days day, as thus says the lord stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls but they said we will not walk in it right god has given the answer to them in in deuteronomy chapter 30, 30 about choosing life choose my way choose the Really, what will become the easy way, really, in the long run. Um, but they're saying, we don't want to walk in that. We don't want to go that way. We like this way better. We like the world's way better. And so, we do not know who has been chosen by God for salvation. All right, so we have to preach the gospel to everyone. We have to encourage and teach others about God, about the Trinity, about the work on G. Je- the work of Jesus on the cross, that he died for our sins. Now, we don't have to necessarily explain how it works because we don't know. We're not really sure 100% how it works. But we know that it does work. And so we are getting onto this narrow road on this on-ramp because that's everyone's calling as a Christian. Everyone's calling is to ultimately make disciples. And so we are here to teach people that we can make disciples more disciples. We can teach people how to get onto this narrow road. We can give them this map to say, here you go. Here is how we have this new life that may not be easier, but it is better. So, so in conclusion, right, wrapping up, this is going to be, this is a little shorter um, we like to have options, that's the problem, right? We live in a world where we can go to the grocery store in normal times and pick all kinds of things that we have. Um, some of the stores are, are a little sparse now, obviously with certain items, but we can go have a choice of a hundred different types of cereal, right? We have In-N-Out, we have McDonald's, we have Burger King, Jack in the Box, Five Guys it's a burger for your taste. If you don't like one, you can go to the other and try the one until you like it. And we do the same thing for these roads, right? We, we like to get to the quickest route. We want to get there. We know there's multiple roads to get different places. In. And from a practical standpoint, that is important so we don't have a bottleneck of traffic in LA where we're just stuck on one road for, for hours, right? So we know that sometimes choice is good. Obviously, living in, in places like that, it's important to have more than one one road in and out, but John Stott is a theologian. He summarizes the passage like this: where He says, "There are, according to Jesus, only two ways, hard and easy. There is no middle way. Entered by two gates, broad and narrow, and there is no other gate. Trodden by two crowds, large and small. There is no neutral group. Right, ending in two destinations." destruction, in life. There is no third alternative. And it's hardly necessary, though, to comment that such talk is extremely unfashionable today because people like to be uncommitted. People like to hedge their bets. They kind of want to skate down the middle, say, well, I'll jump off whichever side I want to go to at the right time. And unfortunately, that right time will come a lot faster than what we can make that decision point for and jump one way or the other. Because we like to have options, right? And so it's the same thing with people and their religious life. and the, But they're putting their spiritual future and their earthly life even in danger. Right? And so some people say that all the religions lead you to the same place. They get you to God. God, Allah, Vishnu, whatever your deity's name, or maybe there is no God. It all gets us to the same place. They're all, you know, people who are kind of ignorant or just want to be very general, think that all religions are the same. Right. They're all going to get you down the road to the same place, but this is a fallacy because there can only be one truth. If one is true and they contradict other ones, then one of them is false. And so this is important for us, right? So we have to make a decision. Many of us who are watching, many of us who come to church, are already were saved, and we can still refine and understand would it help because sometimes being saved doesn't help the day-to-day life that we have to live. And so we cannot control the world, right? Our circumstances today, especially the past few months and especially weeks, exemplify that, right? We cannot control these things. But what we can control is our commitment to God and our thankfulness that we have been chosen by the Almighty Creator and we trust Him to guide us down this narrow road and through and over and, and around all of these difficulties and potholes that we may encounter. So today, this week, you know, as maybe you're talking to your family and friends via phone or Skype or something like that because you can't actually go visit them, probably help, if they're having a hard time, help them. This is a perfect time to start explaining the gospel to them and, and to help them understand that there's a point to this, right? There's a, there's a point to all of this happening. Uh, we may not know it yet, but but it's a point that God is in control, right? So let us pray, and then we can go on our week. So God... We just ask today and this week that uh, we can all have be calm and be um, just rest in you, God. We know that you are in control, that we don't have to control this. We just need to be obedient to you first and foremost, and be obedient as, as we can to uh, the local government giving us direction for this, so as we get through this situation. We know that this is temporary. We know that you love us and you know that we know that also that we can uh, explain to others. So please help us learn this for ourselves and also be able to teach it to others. And it's all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So thank you guys for uh, joining us. Like I said, I'm going to post the uh, manuscript to Facebook. I also put it on the website once after I put the video on as well. So if you know people who haven't seen it, uh, go ahead and direct them to the RedOaksBaptistChurch.com or also the link for the podcast is also on the um, website and I'll try to, I'll link it also to the, pod, to the Facebook page as well. Thank you guys so much. Um, let us know if you liked it, if there's any issues with the production um, as well. Like I said, I'm in the office, so I have to get a better setup for my phone. But thank you, everybody. Um, And I hope to see you guys. If you guys need anything, just let me know. Get a hold of us at the church or just call my, contact us with the numbers. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, God bless. Bye.